0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hey, we are in a series that um, at Radiant called The Miracles of Jesus, where we've been looking through the Gospels at many of the 37 miracles that Jesus did while he was on the planet. And really, the miracles, when we read them, um, not only is it awe-inspiring of what Jesus did... But it gives us so much hope, because how many know that the same Jesus that did miracles then is a miracle miracle worker now, and it's not just something that happened, it's something that can happen in your life. And so we're expecting, I'm even expecting in this service today, that miracles are going to happen, and healings are going to happen, and marriages are going to be restored, and children are going to come back to the faith. I don't know if there's anybody that still believes that we serve a miracle working God. Amen? Today's, today's uh, message is one of my favorite miracles that Jesus did. And if you've been following this series, you're like, Aaron, you've said that a few times, uh, but this one really is. It's lying the rest of the time, but this one really is. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn today to the book of John. I'm gonna to talk to you, if you're taking notes, we are a note-taking church. Um, the title is, we're gonna talk about the miracle, the water to wine, water to wine. This is the miracle some of y'all prayed for a lot during college, come on somebody. Just believe in God. God, turn this to Sonny by your grace. No. <laughs> and it didn't happen because God loves you a lot. All right. So water to wine. We're going to be in the book of John. We're going to start in chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says, on the third day. What day? Third day. The third day. Now, why it's the third day matters because wedding ceremonies were seven days long. Now, I don't know about you. I got better things to do than to spend seven days on my wedding with you. It's just not what I'm called to do, but there were seven days long, a big ceremony that would happen. And so we have, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. That's a big deal. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now let's pause there for just a second. Why is that a huge deal? Okay, because you got Jesus at your wedding. That's a big deal. You got Jesus' disciples at your wedding, that's a big deal. You got Jesus' mama at your wedding, you're a big deal. Scholars have actually told us that this probably was the author John's wedding. So it's actually probably someone connected with the disciples or a disciple himself that all these disciples have gathered at for the wedding, and that's why Jesus is there. So it's a big wedding, it's a big deal, it's an important person, and a scandal happens. Look at verse three, and it says it like this, and they ran out of wine. Now, that's a big deal, and that's a big deal for a couple reasons, okay? So, so first of all, why would a wedding run out of wine? So you got a seven days long wedding, You're three days in, you run out of wine. Why is that a big deal? It's only two things could have happened. The first thing is you just didn't prepare well. And you didn't prepare well at all. You didn't plan well. And it looks really bad on you because you didn't plan this thing right. And because of that, everybody's suffering because of it. Or there's a second reason. Some of y'all know where I'm going with this. Because the people got a little too wild at this wedding. and drank a little too much during this time. So, so something happens, and the, ra- the wine runs out, and look what happens. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, who is him? It's Jesus, said to him, and it says, they have no wine. Now, I want you all to understand this, because the way I read this now is different than the way I read it before I got married, because before I didn't get, uh, got married, I didn't understand women very well. And so what I read before I got married is that Mary is sitting there telling Jesus, hey, they have no wine. She's just making a statement. But now that I've been married for almost 13 years, I've realized there's more to this than what meets the eye. You see, the reason there's more to this is because I have learned, and some of you men know what I'm talking about, that ladies, you talk in code. You talk in code. Now, Now, what does that mean? Meaning you say some things that you actually mean different than what you actually say. I had to learn this, okay? So for instance, like I got home after a busy day the other day and I got on my couch and the couch I bought, my home that I, I purchased and I got it and I kicked off my shoes on the ground. And then my wife came up and she's, you know, she's an angel. My wife is such an angel. And she walks up to me and she's like, she's like, so are those your shoes on the ground? Now, now, now now, some of y'all are like, "Oh, she was asking a question, trying to figure out if those are yours." You missed it. No. No. She, she wasn't. She wasn't. Let me just help some of you brothers out that are newly married. Here's what she's actually saying: Get your shoes off the floor pick them up pick them up see it was, it was in code like like i i had a night the other night I was hungry got a bowl of cereal and just ate it and, and, and katie's with me we're there i ate the ate the bowl and did throw it in the sink she walks up to the sink and says is that your bowl <laughs> what other options are there we're it we're the only ones in this the room right now she wasn't asking me if it's my bowl she's saying Clean it up. Do something about your bowl. I was going out with, hanging out with some of my friends the other day, and, and I, I was going to walk out, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to go hang out with my friend." She's like, "Oh, you're leaving again?" Oh, wow. And I, I said, I, I, "I said, oh, oh, I got it. Never mind. No, I, I canceled my plans. Plans cancel. I've learned to, to get through the code language here." That's what's happening. Jesus is at this wedding. His mother looks at him and says, "They have no wine." And Jesus responds with, "Woman, now." <laughs> can, can, we under, can we make a blanket statement here? Only the Son of God. And all my ladies say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Jesus himself can respond that way. Woman, <laughs> it's all in how you say it. Woman, what does this concern have to do with me? He says, my hour has not yet come. In other words, it's, it's not my time to do miracles yet. So people think Jesus just showed up on the scene. He, he's born in a manger, pops out, and just starts healing people and doing miracles. That's not how it worked. For 30 years, Jesus is hidden. He's behind the scenes. He's learning. He's growing. He's growing in wisdom and stature and favor in God and men. And then he has a time appointed to come to the scene and then to do the miracles that'll eventually bring him to the cross. But they said, my time has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, and I preached a few years ago, probably three or four years back, um, the phrase that this next phrase, that honestly is a phrase that has marked my entire life. And here's the phrase that Jesus' mother says, whatever he says to you, do it. I I just want to pause for a second. Look at all the campuses, all the people that are joining us right now. You want to live a life of significance? Here's what it's marked with. Whatever God says to you, you do it. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. If he tells you to give, you give. If he tells you to go, you go. If he tells you to stay, you stay. If he tells you to date that person, date that person. If he tells you to dump that person, you dump that person. And can we live a life where we say, God, whatever you tell me to do, that is what I'm going to do with my life. Can we hear a better amen today, church? So whatever God says, we're going to do. And so what does he say to do? He says, now there were a set of six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. So you have six pots, 20 to 30 gallons apiece. You have, what is it, 120 to 180 gallons uh, that could be filled right there. And what does Jesus say to them? Fill the water pots with water. Now pause there for a second. Put yourself in this story. They're not there where they can go, great, let's bring the hose over, let's plug it in, let's, let's fill them up. No, these are giant 20 to 30 gallon, gallon pots that are sitting there. You have to go into town, you have to find the local well, you have to fill them up, you have to bring something to bring them back. This is a big ordeal that honestly they probably thought made zero sense. And Jesus says, fill them up, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Again, put yourself in the story. They just put water in this stuff. Now they're drawing some out. They're walking to the master of the feast. And, and look what it says. And they took it. Wow. They took it. I'm telling you, it, it didn't make any sense. It was crazy, but they obeyed God. Come on. They obeyed and they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made to wine and did not know where it came from, but look at this. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. They knew. They knew Jesus did this miracle. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, everyone at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests are all drunk, then the inferior, he, he goes, have well drunk, not are well drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> big difference right there, all right? And it says, you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of the signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and the disciples believed in him. Uh, let me tell you why this matters, why this matters. Every, every location, looking up. Here's why. Because you have Jesus's very first miracle was not a blind eye open, was not leprosy cleansed, was not a child who was dying, coming back to life. Jesus's first miracle was that of a wedding where there was an inconvenience going on. I wanna just say over your life today, I don't know what you think is too big or too small for our God, but God is interested in doing a miracle in your life. He is interested in doing a breakthrough in your life. He's big enough where he can speak and the universe is created, but he's personal enough to be involved in the details of your life and he cares about the details of your life. Can we give him some praise today? That's how good our God is. So how do we see this happen in our life? How do we see the miracles happen in our life? I'm going to give you three keys from this passage that I think it will help you today. And if you're a note taker, write them down. The first one is simply this, that clarity from God comes when we get close to God. I want you to get that. Because everybody wants the assignment. You want the direction. You want to know, who am I supposed to date? What job am I supposed to take? What career am I supposed to go down? And you're trying to figure that out. But I want you to know, clarity from God comes when we get close to God. And that's how the miracle happened there in Cana. How? Because there's a miracle needed. Mary looks at the disciples and says, whatever he's going to tell you to do, you do it. And who did God use? He used the ones who didn't, it's not because of their personality or it was not because of their upbringing. He used them based on their proximity. I want you to get this because God is not interested in how great your personality is if he can use you. He's interested in your proximity. Are you close to him? Are you near him during this time? Are you able to actually hear him speak to you during this time? Because what I have found is that the very people that are the most confused are the ones that are most disconnected. Because when you get connected with God, when you lean into that relationship with God, you're able to hear clearly what God wants to speak over your life. God is not confused about your season right now. He's not confused about your future right now. He's not confused about what decision you should make right now. He's actually got the perfect answer for your life. You just got to get close to him to find out what it is. That's how our God is. I I don't know if you have any close talkers in your life. You know what a close talker is. It's, It's somebody that they talk to you and they invade your personal space just a little too much. I was at a conference this last week and a guy started talking to me and he just got real close. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. So I, just like, I was like, maybe maybe I, I fumbled forward a little bit. I don't know. And so we're doing this like dance. And so then I back up a little bit and he just got a little bit closer. Backed up a little bit more and just a little bit closer. I mean, I was coffee, breath and all. I mean, he's just like right here. Just, just, ah, and everything. Just, just talking. Just want you to know. I'm just, I'm just smelling it all. Finally, I'm against a wall. I'm like leaned out against a wall. Just, just him talking to me right here. And and I realized, I'm like, man, close talker. It just doesn't do well for me. (laughs) But I realized this about God. God is a close talker. God God has stuff to say about your life. He has direction he wants to give your life. But you've got to lean into him to hear it. That's why James says it this way. It says, if we will come near to God, if we will intentionally get ourselves together to say i'm making it a point right now in my life to come near to god here's what he'll do he will come near to you so i want to look right at the camera because i want i'm going to speak it over your life right now because some of you you think it's your spouse's fault you think it's your kid's fault you think it's your church's fault that you are not near god right now get your act together and you draw near to god and watch how he will draw near to you You have to make a decision to say, I'm going to get close to God during this season. Well, Aaron, we're not in a season of prayer and fasting, and it's getting summertime, and and then there's vacation season. This season in your life right now should be marked with one thing. You're near God. You're close to him. Can I just ask you a question? Just, Just across all of our campuses, everybody that's joining us right now. Let me just say it this way. Is there been a time in your life that you are closer to God than you are right now? And if so, you need to get your act together to get better than that time before. This should be the moment in your life where you're saying, this is my moment. I'm drawing near to God like ever before. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get back on my Bible reading plan. I'm going to get back praying. I'm going to get back seeking God. I, I've kind of got out of church in the, the, the habit of church. I'm getting back in my habit of church. I'm going to do my part of getting close to God. Because I'm telling you, I can't perform miracles. I can't, I can't get the outcome that I want. But I can get close to God. I can do my part. And, and here's what I've realized. ready? When I intentionally get close to God, he drastically gets close to me. So I, I don't know, like, if you think you're in this, like, hide-and-go-seek game with God, and he's hiding, and he's making it difficult, that's not how it works. You know, I don't know if you ever played hide-and-go-seek with your kids when they're real young. You know, they like, they're, like, hiding, like, a little bit behind a tree, but, like, you can see their whole body. You know, am like, all right, ready, go, and I can see them right away. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to find you. Th- that's God, Okay. God, God's sitting there. I'm just waiting for you to say one bit of time. Okay. This isn't going to be a normal worship service. I'm going to press in. This isn't a normal day. I'm going to do my devotions. This isn't just a normal season. I'm going to get close to God and I'm going to intentionally get close to God and he will drastically get close to you. Can we give him some praise? That's the God that we serve. He drastically gets close to us. And if you need direction in your life, lean into him during this season you you might have fallen off kind of the bible reading plan get back into it you might have stopped praying start praying again draw near to him isaiah chapter 30 is one of those verses i live by it says like this your own ears will hear him i don't know about you i want to hear god's voice during this season i've got too many things going on in my life that i need to hear god's voice during this season he says right behind you'll hear a voice say this is the way you should go whether they're right Or to the left like like god will guide you so you don't have to be confused hear me out hear me out you're too focused on getting direction from the wrong people You're, you're going you're going to facebook you're going to TikTok, you're going to twitter you're going to google i'm telling you google can give you a lot of information it cannot give you clarity on what to do with life don't go to google go to god and watch how he'll direct your life here's the second one ready not just get close to him here's the second one ready obedience in the mundane paves the way to operate in the miraculous. If you wanna see miracles happen in your life, I'm telling you, miracles are birthed in really mundane moments of just being obedient. Just I'm gonna work through things that it's not exciting, it's it's not glamorous, it's not worth putting on Instagram, but I'm telling you, that's where God moves. And I'm telling you, some of y'all are looking for these mountaintop experiences, and God's saying, "Can I just trust you with the mundane right now? Can I just trust you with the daily, habitual? I'm going after it. I'm not high. Uh, you know, high. Uh, you know what I mean? High more than one way. I'm not high one way, one day, and then lower the next day. Like, like I'm just consistent." I, I think that's one of those things that the Lord really needs to sell, we need to celebrate more about the Lord's character qualities that we see in people is the consistency in the body of Christ. Like it's just, it's not in one day, out the next day. It's, it's, it's living a life saying, you know what? I'm going to be okay with doing what God tells me to do, even if it's not exciting in this moment. And that's what happened in our passage. Remember, Mary turns to him and says, whatever he says to you, do it. And what does Jesus say to him? He goes, okay, here's the miracle. You want to see the big miracle, ready? You see those six water pots over there? Fill them with water. And when you fill them up, you're going to draw some out. And when you draw some out, then you go and and, and you go and give it to them. That'll be the miracle that God will do. And I've, can you imagine? These guys are sitting there going, Jesus has lost his mind. You have to also understand, this is before Jesus had done any other miracles. So they're, they're not... They're not it, looking at this through the lens of, oh, he turned five loaves and two fish into thousands. He's opened blind eyes. Oh, we know where he's going with this. They had to learn to trust even if they hadn't seen the miracles before. Big deal right there. Here, here's how I wrote it down, and I want you to get it. Let's, let me tell you. Is that you will never see the impossible, accomplish the impossible, if you're unwilling to do the impractical. And you you are living in such a way that you're going, God, do the impossible in my life. Do breakthrough in my life. And God's saying, will you just do the impractical, mundane, like things that he's already told you to do. Like like your life following God is gonna be filled with a bunch of things that don't make sense. I actually actually wrote it down in my notes this way. It's It's not in your notes, but I want you to get it this way. If it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. It's probably God. That's how I've learned it with my life. If it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. Like every time God's told me to give away money, I have fought it every single time. I mean, I mean, every time. It's like, hey, give that guy twenty dollars. And I'm like, demon of generosity, you get away from me in hell. Get behind me, Satan. You know we're always trying to like just that does not make any sense according to my Dave Ramsey plan I got to make sure I'm doing this and this and this it doesn't make sense but it's God and you've got to learn this in life that when you're following God there's things he's going to tell you to do and they don't make sense but it's God you, you got to think of it throughout scripture I was thinking about some of the stories you know God tells Noah build a boat and you, you look at that now and you're like oh that made sense didn't make sense now it didn't make sense then there was no water there's no bodies of water there's no rain that happened at that time build a boat and noah said yes sir it didn't make sense but it was god yeah. and you've got to realize that's how it's going to look for your life i wrote down some of these other stories like uh, he told moses raise a stick over the dead sea can you imagine how stupid the red sea how stupid that was. okay this is it this is my moment <laughs> it didn't make sense god i don't think you know what you're doing he knows what he's doing. He doesn't make sense, but it's God. He told Elijah that ravens would feed him twice a day. Can you imagine him sitting there starving? And he's just sitting there and going, okay, God, what's going to do? Birds are going to come and bring you food. That doesn't make any sense, God. It didn't make any sense, but it was, it was God. He told Ezekiel to lay on his left side for 390 days. Don't tell me your assignment's weird. It makes sense, but it was God. He told Hosea to name his children. Here's his two children's names. Ready, unloved and not my people. Can you imagine the counseling sessions this kid's had to go through? <laughs> hey, it's class project day. Unloved. Come on, man, it's your day. <laughs> I hate life. <laughs> it didn't make sense. It was God. Many times in life, we are only going towards what makes sense, and we're missing. What's God? I wrote it down this way, ready? Our lack of significance is directly connected to our love of safety. And we have way too many Christians that love safety rather than the savior. They love comfort rather than Christ. They are focused on making it great here on the earth instead of populating heaven and storing up treasures there. So I don't know what you think you signed up for, But Christianity and safe never went hand in hand. There's this weird quote, it's on coffee mugs. It's like, the safest place to be is right in the will of God. Really? Look at our church fathers who were crucified and dipped in hot oil and burned at the stake. Christianity's not safe, but it is significant. And I'm telling you, you need to live a life where you're saying, God, whatever you want to do through my life, I'm willing to say yes to you even if it messes up my comfort that is the life god's calling us to live and you go well i'm fearful about it that's why we pray for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control i don't know what god's telling you to do but you need to get some power some love some self-control to say i'm going to obey god in my life i don't know what the world wants (laughs) but i'm gonna obey god with my life i know it doesn't make sense but i'm gonna obey god with my life And, and, and i'm telling you You've got to make this decision early because there's times in your life where people are going to, the critics are going to come in and say, are you still doing that? You're still still part of that? You're you're still living that way? What what do you mean? And you need to go, I'm just going to obey God. I'm just going to obey God. Look how the story ends up. I think this is so crazy. All right. And he said, verse 8, draw out some water now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. So they had to have this moment. Okay, imagine these guys. Jesus has said to them, go fill up these water pots. And they had to get this water. They filled it up and they had to go take it to the master of the feast to go, okay, all right. It's, it, the miracle's gonna happen. Miracle's gonna happen. Many times the miracle will never make sense. It'll never make sense. But your job, I, I wrote it down this way. Our responsibility is obedience. God's responsibility is outcome. So I want you to get this because they are walking with a cup of water to the master of the feast and they're going, all right, this is what Jesus said to do. And there's gonna be times in your life and I want you to hear it at all of our campuses and those at Generation and those that are watching online, there's gonna be times in your life where you are obeying God and it makes no sense to the world around you. But that's where real faith is tested right there. I want you to think about this, OK? So they have six water pots. So there's some kind of well. There's something in the middle of town. And they have to get, you got to think, they can't take the 20 or 30 gallon um, water pot over into town and you know bring it over there, because then they have to carry it back. And that's not going to work. So they probably have some kind of bucket, some kind of pitchers. And they're walking. They're leaving the wedding. And everybody's, you know, they're, everybody's on the dance floor. <laughs> They're they're going, it's the time. It's fun to stay at the, yeah. you know, they're having the moment. It was popular back then. You might not know that. It was in the Greek. So, and they had this moment and they're, they're moving through the dance floor. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going with those pictures in your hand? Oh, uh, we're going to go down into the town to the well. What are what you going to do in the well? God told us to fill up this water pot with water. There's going to be moments where you're just living your life, just keep filling the water pot. And it's going to look stupid at times. It's going to look stupid. It's, it's going to be, hey, you're still giving to that church? You're still doing that? You're still giving God your first 10%? I know, I know. It, it doesn't really make sense, but, but I'm just going to be obedient to God. Well, 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 has he blessed your life? I don't know. I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for the obedience. I'm just, I'm just responsible to keep filling the water pot. And so, well, your kids, are, you're, you're still, I, I, I've really felt that some of y'all, you're, you're homeschooling your kids, and, and you're like, I feel like God's told me to do it, and it's stressful, and you're, you're, like, you're, you're going out of your mind, going crazy with it, and you're going, why are you doing it? I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm just filling the water pot because I just feel like God's told me to be faithful with this thing. Some of y'all, you keep, you keep writing and on your computer this book, and you don't even understand why you're doing it. You're like, nobody's even going to read this. And I'm telling you, here's the word of the Lord for somebody today. Keep filling the water pot. Keep being faithful to God. I know it doesn't make sense right now, but if you'll keep being faithful to God, eventually the Lord will do the miracle when you just keep moving and doing your part. The miracle will happen feel like it's a word to encourage someone today that just says, Aaron, I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. I feel like it's not working. I feel like these kids are not following the Lord and my spouse. I keep having to drag them to church and, and I keep reading God's word and I'm not receiving anything. And I'm just telling you today, God sent me to just give you this message to just say, keep filling the water pot. You work on the obedience. God will bring the outcome. He'll bring the outcome. Our marriage is a wreck. We go to counseling, Well, we went. Keep going. Keep filling the water pot. You keep being obedient to God. I, I wrote it down this way. I think it's, it's interesting. Because when I look at the miracles throughout scripture and the miracles of Jesus, I wrote it down this way. It always looks foolish until it's finished. I want you to hear that in your life because some of y'all you're in this place right now you're watching this message and you're going Aaron it looks so dumb I'm saving myself till marriage it looks so dumb to the rest of the world it looks foolish until it's finished I'm trying to live a life that honors God it looks foolish until it's finished you keep filling the water pot with what God has told you to do, and you can't perform the miracle, but if you'll work on the obedience, it might look foolish right now, but I have good news. As Paul said it this way, for I am confident in this very thing, that he who began a very good work in me will be faithful to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Can we thank him for the fact that he's a God that will complete. Fulfilled, He will do the miracle when we step out in obedience. So what is God telling you to do today? What's that moment? What's that time that God's speaking to you about right now? I feel like we should press into Him as we believe Him for some miracles across all of our campuses, everybody that's watching. So why don't you do me a favor? All over, would you stand to your feet? Nobody moving around. Can we just have a moment to just say, God, what do you want to do? i'm just feeling i even feel led by the spirit of god this is a moment right now for us to press in and get really close to him i don't know what it is in your life how distant you've been how distracted you've been can we just take a moment right now and get really really close to him if you're comfortable just close your eyes all over whatever room you're in right now and if you feel comfortable throw a hand up to heaven right now just say god i want to get close to you that's where the miracles start we draw near to you lord And we trust you that as we draw near to you you will draw near to us you will do the miracle in our life now as we draw near listen to the lord let him speak to you with clarity what is he telling you to do what is he telling you to step out and do what is that thing he's telling you to stop we just say god we will live our life in obedience to whatever you want to do in us and through us for your glory and your honor come on let's sing it out together like the Holy Spirit's got a word for your life, wants to do something in your your season right now, just draw close to Him. Why don't you just take a moment and just listen to Him. What is He speaking over you? What has He told you to do that you haven't done? What's He told you to stop that you haven't stopped yet? God, we lean into you. Whatever God says, we're going to do it. We're going to be obedient to it but let our life be marked by radical obedience obedience in serving giving trusting Just leaning into you and it doesn't make sense Lord we want to live a life of radical obedience do it in our life don't rush this moment Most of the Christian world is over-informed and under-obedient. You've you've heard enough messages of telling you what to do. Now it's just a moment of fill the water pot. Fill the water pot. God, use our life. Lord, use our life in such a way that we, we avoid comfort. We we avoid just going only where it's safe. And we'll follow you to whatever you have for our life. We thank you that our responsibility is obedience. But your responsibility is the outcome. And you're a faithful God. And you will do the work that nobody else can do. We give you the praise for it. We thank you for it you're in here today you don't have a relationship with Christ I want you to know you can 2,000 years ago Jesus came to bridge the gap between man and God because sin separates us from God and Jesus came and he lived a perfect life died a horrific death for your sins and for mine but he was raised again three days later he overcame death hell in the grave and you can overcome today because of Christ and if that's you on the count of three I want you to throw that hand up wave it at me and no matter what campus or church you're joining us from and I believe God will meet you right there as you make that one act of faith to say, today's my day, Aaron. I want you to pray for me. I've given my life to Christ and God will meet you right there and he'll save you and he'll transform you and you'll become what the Bible says is born again, born again. That's you on the count of three. Throw that hand up. One, two, three. Be bold. That's you right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, hands all over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our campuses. Thank you for those that are watching online. Throw, uh, wave it at me. Put it right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together, and then our location pastors will take back over. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, I give you my sin, I give you my past, I give you my shame, forgive me, give me a fresh start for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody that believes it says? Can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.